Welcome everybody to Hort Talk episode 12, where we celebrate women in horticulture. I'm Alex Jenkins, your host, and I'm joined by three very special guests who I'm going to ask to introduce themselves. Hello, hi, my name is Melanie Asker and I am the Managing Director of Greenwood Plants and we're based down in lovely West Sussex. Hi, I'm Emma Burbeck and I am the Commercial Director of Fargro. Um, we're a wholesale distributor also based in lovely West Sussex. Hello, I'm Pippa Greenwood and I do all sorts of things including working for the HTA as the Horticulture Manager. And I'm not based in Sussex, I'm based, I'm based in Hampshire, but only one county along. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us today. So let's start our conversation today by really finding out what inspired um, your career in horticulture. I'll start then, um, because I think horticulture found me. Um, <laughs> it wasn't really a chosen career, but it seems to have popped into my career throughout throughout my life, really, or my working life. So. Um, my first job when I was at school at weekends and holiday times was I had two. One was picking tomatoes um, and the other one was making hanging baskets, which was delightful. Um, <laughs> and then I bimbled off for, for 20 years and worked in banks, um, which was less interesting and less colourful. Um, and I ended up running a charity and we had a garden centre. So again, by default, back in horticulture. Um, I then had a, a career working for myself and as a career coach, uh, as a leadership coach, and predominantly my business was in the horticultural industry. It's a big oh. industry here in Sussex. Um, and then the opportunity here at Fargo presented itself. So I would say that probably unbeknown to me, horticulture's always been there in the back of my mind as something that I should have yeah. done. So, um, and here I am still now loving it. So I, um, I've got no history in horticulture whatsoever. Um, I stepped into the industry last February when I joined Greenwood. So my background was in the defence industry and the automotive industry. Okay. And actually, I, I worked for a very well-known luxury car maker, also based in West Sussex. <laughs> um, so I had a very, very different career and experience. But for me, I just wanted to try something totally new. I'd had a feeling for quite a while that I wanted a complete change, something to reinvigorate me at this sort of point in my career. And when the opportunity with Greenwood came up, it just felt like a exciting, different and fresh opportunity that kind of ticked all of those boxes. So I'm an absolute newbie to the industry. But for me, it's been the best move I've ever made. And it's exciting and refreshing um, and a great place to be really great place to be so I'm learning I'm learning every day I don't know the industry at all but that's also part of the fun and the excitement and the challenge you know I've, I've been in it really almost from birth I think I spent most of my childhood in the garden you had to sort of drag me in by the the hair shall we say not literally to get me inside I went through school because you need to um I then went off and trained in everything I've trained in is to do with either plants or plant pests and diseases so for me it was just a given I don't know yeah I as I say most of my childhood in the garden and if I strayed from the garden it was probably to go to Kew Gardens uh, which is even where I learned to count how about that because I used to count <laughs> the visitors going around in groups with my big sister or my mother so yeah I absolutely have plants growing through my veins I reckon 
Well, that's really interesting, actually, because I think, um, you know, you're all very successful at what you do. And to know that both Mel and Emma, it wasn't necessarily something that you've always um, been part of, I think is really, really interesting. So because we are celebrating women and particularly now women in horticulture, which you all are, um, do you have any particular women that inspire you? And that doesn't have to be in business. That can just be in your lives. Is there anything anyone particular that that springs to mind I think they're all brilliant particularly all women are brilliant particularly women in horticulture so that's that's not a really question Alex is it I know I, I really do think that, that women are just fantastic and I have no doubt about it that those in horticulture are even better because everyone in horticulture in any of its branches tends to be more lively more fun more friendly more decent than anything much else so people that inspired me I suppose inspired me into horticulture definitely my mother because that was her only escape from being um, uh, an overburdened housewife who really didn't want to be a housewife wanted to be a paleontologist so that was a bit stressy and I think so I think it was her and then in future I think I mean obviously people like Beth Chatto who combined that total unbelievably deep knowledge and love for plants with the most wicked lovely personality that you could ever hope to get I've got a gorgeous picture of her in fact on the wall just over there that's really interesting Pippa I think it's different for, for me because because it wasn't in my blood necessarily so I can't say that as anyone like Pippa I think all women are great um but I'm particularly inspired when I was working for myself and I was running lots of courses for uh, a lot of the, the growers um, in the area. I was particularly inspired by a lot of the young females in the industry who had a real drive and, and scientific women who, who knew that horticulture was so scientific. I think um, it, it's definitely, it definitely opened my eyes to what could be a really varied and interesting career and, and how these young women had got into it and were were battling to really get their voices heard. I thought it was really quite inspirational to see them. And it was part of the reason that um, Mel Woods, our head of marketing, and myself decided to set up the Women in Horticulture group that we've just launched because of, because of the young people in horticulture and wanting to have something that would inspire young women to move forward. Um, I, I'm not afraid to say that I'm not at the start of my career now. So um, I'm hoping that as I go into the end of my career, I can inspire some of the, the younger females to to have a great career in horticulture, whatever that looks like. How about you, Mel? Do you know, I, if, I'm being totally honest here, but I, I have never had um, many inspirational female role models. But I think that's the case in point. I think that's probably a case in point. I my career has mainly been in the male dominated mm -hmm. sectors, defence incredibly so, uh, the automotive industry less so, but still a real, real problem actually with the representation. Um, one of the reasons I decided to leave it, although it's filled with brilliant, brilliant people, is that it's still quite frankly exhausting as a woman, particularly when you get to the senior echelons of, of a company and what you're trying to do because all of the champion behaviors and methods of success are not designed for people like us so it's exhausting running into the headwind all of the time and although I think horticulture still seems you know the kind of female role, uh, role models are emerging 
actually it provides much more of an open space and a stage for diversity and for different characters. And it doesn't have the same restrictions or cookie cutter. This is what this is what an, ama- an amazing company leader looks like. This is what a managing director should dress like, should talk like. And that's one of the reasons I think actually I found great happiness so far in the sector. So not exactly answering the question that you've asked, <laughs> but I think kind of an interesting insight mm. into my thought process and where, where we're going with it, actually. I think Absolutely. it's a similar experience for me, Mel. You know, I grew up in banking. Um, you didn't get much more male-dominated past sort of cashier level than banking. You know, I can remember going to conferences of 600 people and there'd be four women um, across the country of, of, of a big bank. And so it is exhausting. It is exhausting trying to keep getting your voice heard. And, and horticulture is different to that, or it feels different to that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's getting better too, isn't it? Because I remember when I finally got my master's, which was all to do with crop protection and, and pests and, and diseases and so forth. And I'd worked really hard to get it, not only because it was a tough course, but because I'd had to totally self-finance it. So I was really pleased with myself to put it mildly and the course director said to me at the end well what are you going to do for a job you know are you going to be and there's nothing wrong with being a lab technician but are you going to be a lab technician or something and I thought oh my god you know you need putting in your box and the lid nailing down as far as I'm concerned (laughs) because it was such an incredibly old-fashioned way of looking at it it came as a shock because I'd come from a family of of girls of women uh, with one father admittedly but the rest of us were all female I'd never really come across any form of sexism or misogyny until I met that guy and um, unfortunately you know he could have had a big influence on what I don't know what information I was given about jobs that were up and coming and so forth but as it was because I found him so intensely irritating <laughs> it sort of probably pushed me further but that's that's the only bit of real trouble I've ever had in my whole career. And and listening to you two saying, you know, how male dominated it was, how you were, you know, pushing into the wind or whatever that sad expression was. It just it writes it then, doesn't it? Letters a mile high in the sky. Start in horticulture. Don't wait till later. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What is it about horticulture that you think is more welcoming and more diverse and kind of doesn't have that that feeling that those other industries do i mean our, our wages and labor benchmarking survey in 21 said that 44 percent of senior roles are held by women in the industry which i think is fantastic but what is it about that this industry that allows that to happen well i think that is fantastic alex but i also would be interested and i'm sure you won't get the stats to see how many of those women are like mel and i who've come in later yeah. to it or or actually mm. have grown up through it because I think that might change the stats slightly yeah for me personally I think the reason that it's so interesting welcoming it's such a diverse industry um so you've got Mel myself and Pippa we're all doing completely different things for three different worlds if you like so mm. I work in horticulture supply but we have a huge technical department so I, I don't have any um, exposure to growing. You know, Pippa's obviously very much coming from the science background and the technical and, and, and Mel is working for a big grower, if I'm right, Mel. So with, it's, it's very broad and there's lots of different avenues depending on, you know, I was a career coach before this. So I understand how people need to have their, the strengths that you have within you to, to fulfill your career. And there are so many different 
areas within horticulture that would fulfill so many different needs yeah. and, and don't you think the people in it generally are just you may think I'm blinkered but perhaps I am and and happy in my blinkeredness then <laughs> that I just think on the whole people working in horticulture are a kinder more decent sort of person I really do and therefore it is naturally it's not a case of people trying to be welcoming I just think that's how we are and generally speaking regardless of gender regardless of which bit of horticulture they work in they strike me as being a welcoming lovely bunch and whether it's and it's anything in horticulture whether it's the guy um pulling the weeds or, or cutting the grass in your local park, whether it's somebody doing horticulture in terms of commercial growing, whether it's somebody working in the offices, wherever they might be, it seems to have a, a kind of extraordinarily magical effect. Mm. Mm. I, I, I can't put my finger on why, but I fully agree with exactly what you're saying there, Pippa. There's just such strange, a nice open attitude yeah. And when you look at it, when you look at it from the outside, actually, you know, the reality of the industry can be uh, a larger quantity of lower skilled um, workers, not not everywhere, but I'm talking very general sense here. You've got a lot of um, cultural diversity, um, not necessarily defined career pathways and those sorts of things, you know, but yet people are happy and they have high rates of loyalty with lots of the companies that we work for, they work for. Um, one of the things that we're kind of doing here at Greenwood is actually really concentrating our brand philosophy as every plant matters. And that's something we've been working on um, really intensely over the last 12 months. And now we're extending that to a kind of every plant matters employee plan. And it's all about career development and training support and providing different routes for people but just just to really kind of harness that creativity and the happiness and the can-do attitude but to make sure that people still have opportunity and with that as the company grows you know we'll look more at career benefits and access to different forms of education so the company wins and hopefully the individuals win you know so I think we're making some really positive changes and initially all of that is based on this kind of great attitude that's across the industry and, and one that's welcomed, you know, certainly me into it over the last 12 months. It's so nice to hear. But do you think that maybe, do you think maybe that, that, um, that attitude that, that, that people have within the industry might be to do with the fact that it has got less structure that it allows you it is a, a little bit more maybe more maybe relaxed is a good word um in in the way that it works and that just gives a, a better job satisfaction I think it's interesting Alex in that and I don't know much about growing plants and I'm sure Pippa will correct me if I if I get this wrong but it's pretty <laughs> well yes. dependent pretty weather dependent and there's lots of things that can impact on that mm -hmm. so I think in order to to work in that environment you have to have a bit of a patient disposition you know, you, you, because all sorts of things can come along and get in the way. And, and if you got stressed out every time something went wrong in, in, a, in a big, large crop, I'd imagine that that would be a pretty unpleasant place to be, Pippa. So I would imagine that a lot of people in, in the sort of directly in that situation, you have to be calm and, and quite happy and chilled out. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be quite yes. tough, really. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I know what you mean, because it is it is terribly weather dependent. And if you look at what 2022 threw at people, it was horrendous. If you were a commercial grower of certain crops, and particularly if they were outside, because there simply was uh, rather a notable lack of water. So you're absolutely right. It It is very weather dependent. It is dependent on a, a lot of things that you've got no control absolutely. over. So maybe some of those lovely calm people are a little bit like the proverbial swan that looks serene on top and is frantically paddling underneath. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that those those unknown quantities and those things you can't control, to me, make it also a really tough place to work in some yeah. ways. But it's the attitude you take towards it, isn't it? And I Absolutely. think on the whole, that's those individuals that are just special. You have to be more flexible, more agile, more willing to, to change what you're doing in order to, to work with what you've got. Yeah, the sun will only shine when it's ready to, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, having having said that, Alex, I do think there's something to be said for working with the best product in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if someone's feeling a bit stressed or they're feeling uh, like they want some fresh air, you go out into the nursery and you look at the plants and they're growing and they're smell and the sensation of being around something beautiful and alive and just Mm. you know it gives so much back to people in different ways Mm -hmm. um we don't have many horticulturalists in our team we've got just a couple but we're all learning like we have a friday um tuition lesson in our kind of um, greener choice trade sales area where kevin our um horticultural specialist We'll get four or five different varieties and just talk about their history or their background or why we sell them or recent orders and you know praise that clients have sent in and it gives us meaning and it's a handful of plants a week but for those of us who know absolutely nothing it's a building block and mm-hmm. then after a few months you know a little bit more you know but it's exciting and I think there's an awful lot to be said for that beautiful natural product and actually the power of good that it does. So, um, I mean, we've talked a little bit about different training and and education and and learning and growing within businesses. But what do you think we need to do as an industry to attract those, not just young people, but obviously those the young women from the start? What knowledge do we need to share in order for them to see what both Mel and Emma have seen now and are obviously feeling? I think I think the industry is not great at self marketing, particularly. Um, I think it's not easy for <laughs> you're laughing Alex but I think we're laughing because we know that we know yeah. that <laughs> and, and I think it's not easy for people to see a career path people like Pippa and myself and Mel we need to be out talking to young people about the paths we've chosen about how it can fulfill um, many different needs you know if you are if you're a scientific person you love science you can still work in horticulture and have a very very fulfilling career if you're business focused and commercially money you can work in horticulture and have a very fulfilling career you know if you're a salesperson you can work in horticulture and have a very fulfilling career the, the list goes on I'm not sure we spend enough time promoting it I think if we went into a school now of young people and asked them what they knew about horticulture I'm not sure how much they would know outside of it's about plants and or farming which you know it's quite a big and, and I think we need to have some more definition around career paths for young people. I mean, you know, we, whole... all of us here have a career in horticulture, but we're uh, not what I would call your archetypal horticulturalists. Um, I was just going to say, I think there's a whole 
there's a whole element of culture. I mean, the horticultural industry is characterized by or has been by kind of owner-led businesses or family-led businesses. And there's a there's a certain culture around that, which is all about kind of the growth of the business, but perhaps less about the individuals within the business. And I think what we're seeing at the moment, you know, is lots of companies within the industry trying to professionalize and really move away from that kind of mindset to a much more um, professional company mindset with different opportunities for all different people. And I think that will wake people up to what opportunities are available beyond um, the traditional, really. So I think I think the key will be to take the the best bits of the professionalization, but not lose that heart and you know the great aspects of the culture that have made it so strong today. Or well, I certainly think that's what I've I've been seeing. And also, people want to be part of something successful. It's it, quite it, interesting, Mel. I when I first started on working for myself running leadership programs, and we're going back to 2015. I ran some fairly large leadership programs for some big fruit farming groups over 18 months. And um, and exactly as you said, probably 90% of the delegates were family, you know, sons of, nephews of, nieces of, was one or two that weren't. But actually were starting to see that they needed to become more professional. They needed to understand how to retain good employees, to have, you know, good development in place for people, to, to recognise talent and then, you know, do something with it and I was really proud to work on those those programs and really enjoyed working and watching these people over 18 months just really get to grips with what's really important in their business which was the people because the people are ultimately what's going to make it successful so what you're saying now is that you've seen it coming in perhaps a bit after me that that the industry is starting to move that way and that will definitely help us. But I think the other thing and I don't want to put a downer onto this lovely chat we're having is that actually we still need a huge amount more respect from the government, uh, from school teachers, from careers advisors. Actually, those are the three groups that I think need educating and need bringing into the, the up-to-date situation that we're now in because still by so many people it's regarded as is a career that isn't a great career. And actually the people I know in it of all sorts and as you say doing everything you know whether it's marketing whether it's plant pathology whether it's growing whether it's sales whatever part of it it might be have all got a really good something to offer and the younger people I know that are in it as well but it isn't something which has got the respect that it deserves and I think that's our biggest challenge. Hmm. I agree I, st- I, I personally still think we need to be there needs to be a clearer definition of the difference between horticulture and agriculture and, and where those different areas I would, sit. Yes. I Cause... totally agree. Yeah. Because I think agriculture, even uh, an even higher percentage of people are sort of born into agriculture, if you like, certainly in the higher echelons of farm ownership and farm management and so forth. It tends to be even more family orientated than it is in horticulture but yes it's it's getting people like careers advisors to to look upon it as a viable and really useful career and I mean I think people like the YPHA again are doing a lot because they're getting out there they're wowing people by their enthusiasm their liveliness their 
immense intelligence, their ability to think out of the box, their everything else they've got going for them. And it's like waving a flag saying, hello, we're here. And actually, we're great and we're useful. And come and join us. Yeah. I agree. I do think as well that sometimes agriculture is automatically more understood than horticulture and, and has a lot more presence in any kind of education. And I mean, even in the media at the moment, there are certain programs um, about farming that are very, very popular um, and just generally is is more understood what is contained within agriculture, whereas horticulture like you you said earlier, Emma, I don't think apart from people going plants, maybe, that they'd really understand what the huge variety of things that that actually covers. Yeah, I think it's, you know, landscaping or that's what people assume a lot of the time. I, you know, yep. I, I genuinely, so if, I, if I take Fargrow, we, we, you know, as I said, we are a, a horticultural supply wholesaler, but we have a massive technical department. I've, we've got web developers, we've got agronomists, you know, we've got, um, I've got buyers who work here. I've got um, customer services teams. I've got area sales managers who, who are basis qualified, who are out in the nurseries. And I've got drivers, I've got warehouse, you know, there's a whole raft of careers just in this one, one business with 70 odd employees. That, that's, that's quite incredible, really. Um, yeah, well, I, I think it's, it is down to, to all of us, I think, who have enjoyed and are enjoying our careers in horticulture to talk about it. Um, I mean, one of the loveliest things, uh, over lockdown that the uh, YPHA were asking for people to do um, talks on Zoom to provide entertainment and information, I guess. <laughs> and I did one, but I wasn't allowed to talk about anything sort of technical or anything like that. It was what I'd done as my career. And um, I had not long since read something about the fact that apparently it's well um, documented that when uh, a male looks at a job description they might look at it and I'm just making this up as I go along this bit oh I can only do uh, 50% of the things specified there but I'll be all right I'll go I'll, I'll apply for it I'll get it whereas a woman apparently sadly looks at that same list of criteria and says oh there's one I can't do I won't get the job and maybe that's doesn't absolutely apply. true and that is so sad and so infuriating and I read that in fact not long before I started working at the HTA and it gave me a really wonderful, it, it really affected me that, that comment. And it, it's got into my head that actually nothing is going to get in my way. If I don't, if I've got an idea, that's how it's going to be. And I didn't mean you have to be bullish and flattened people. I don't mean that at all, but that in terms of career, nothing should get in your way. And anyway, I gave this talk and I talked about some of the things I'd done and things that had come my way, but how I'd sort of grab them, if you like, and make sure that they went the way I wanted them to. And uh, a couple of months later, I got a lovely email forwarded to me from someone who said, I work as a, she, she was working as a, a head gardener somewhere. She had some good, but not totally relevant academic qualifications. She was obviously very capable mentally, physically and everything else. And she said, I thought, I don't really want to be doing this anymore. She said, uh, I want to do things to do with plant health. She said, you know, you are really interested in, in, in pathogens and pests and so forth. She said, that's actually what I really would love. So and anyway, she's done some sort of conversion and is becoming a plant health inspector. And she just said she wanted me to know that that was why she had done it. And I was, do you know, I went round high as a kite for about a week 
because I really thought oh, you've done something really useful there by just making somebody feel that it was worth taking the risk and applying. And so we all got to get out there and say, you know, whether we're new into horticulture or not so new into horticulture or never really got away from horticulture like me, I think we need to tell people. I agree, Pippa. I think, you know, the other thing that, that I know about women is we, we will accept a job and we will just accept the terms put in front of us. Men will always go back and ask for a bit more. They'll always push the boundaries. I think women are much, much quieter in terms of we're not very evangelical about selling ourselves, are we? Let's let's put it that way. Perhaps <laughs> we're a bit more understated at times. And I think we need to talk about how fantastic it is, this industry. 44% of people in senior roles. That's that's a high percentage, as Alex mentioned earlier. So, you know, that's really positive stuff. This is an industry where women are valued. Mm. And we need to talk more about how how much we're enjoying it, you know, how much we've come into. The trouble is, I don't know about Mel, she, and, and probably the same for you, Pippa, we, you get into work and you get on with your day and you forget about, sometimes we forget about the wider the wider issues that are there. So that's why we set up our Women in Horticulture group and it's, it's early days, but hopefully that will keep that momentum so that we can continue to promote the positivity that there is around this. And I think the, the great thing is, is I don't actually, I very rarely, other than the set two I had with my course supervisor when I was about 22, I've never really felt the need to bang on about being female or needing my rights observed or things needing to be equal. Because to be absolutely honest, I've not ever been made to feel that my gender was of any relevance by anybody that I cared a toss about. There have been the odd people who've made it quite clear that I must be something stuck on the bottom of their shoe because I was female. Um, but to be absolutely honest, I don't care what they think, people like that. And the majority of people working in horticulture, I think it sounds really weird, but it's almost genderless to my mind. Yeah, I think, but I think that says that probably says more about you, Pippa, than than the um, than the industry actually. And I, because I, I look like a bloke. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just the way you deal with it, because the, I I said the same about banking. But if I look back at some of the things that happened to me in, mm. in my banking career, or things that were said to me, it's pretty shocking. I mean, we wouldn't get away with it now, but it was the mm. late eighties, so you could say what you liked. Apparently, um, so it, you know, maybe that did inspire me to come forward. But I think some some people react to that in the way that we both have which is if I don't care about you I don't really care what you say I'm going to do what I'm going to do anyway and nothing's going to get in my way that doesn't mean it's not tiresome and doesn't mean that other people don't always find it easy to do I got comments when I first came to Fargo and this is only coming up for two years ago um there was a there was quite a few comments of and uh, of um oh, she's not from horticulture and she's a woman that's an interesting hire, but I prefer to be underestimated, Pippa. I always think that's a, a good place to be, don't you? Yeah, no, <laughs> people no, underestimate really, you. And yeah. You can, yeah. So, um, but but on the whole, the negativity has been pretty low, to be honest. And it is a I I have am finding it a great industry to work in. Do you think, as an industry, horticulture is fundamentally less selfish? And which is why it is more inviting and more friendly. We, you know, we generally have to, as an industry, have to work very closely, not only with our own businesses, but with the rest of the supply chain and the wider 
um, industry to make things happen. Do you think that has an impact on that ethos? That's such an interesting point, I think. Really, really interesting point. As you were saying that, I was thinking about the obvious things like, um, you know, information on kind of uh, disease management uh, and then crop shortages and different weather conditions that affects everybody together. There is that sense of we're all in it together, I think. And even from a, from our, like our niches to supply to the new build property sector, we do commercial and infrastructure as well. Like that's our primary, you know. Like we're really trying to work to make sure that the landscape contractors can do their job. And it's all about kind of all of these payment topics and, and things kind of one step away from the day to day. But it's that shared sense of, look, if we don't achieve it together, then we all fall, fall over. And it's the yeah. same across the industry with many different topics, whether it's health or weather or uh, labour shortages, whatever it may be. But we are all thrust in this situation together. Some of us in a more advantageous position than others, but there's definitely that sense of sharing and help. And it's still you know, commercially competitive, but there's that, that, that underlying sense that I will help my fellow neighbour mm. and that we all need to succeed together. That's a yeah, really interesting point. And I definitely think that's prevalent within the, the culture of the sector. I think there's quite a strong um, relationship basis in this industry. A lot of long-standing relationships are what hold things together. So I, I've noticed as as a wholesaler in here and, and the things that we do with our technical team and the advice we give, people are very loyal and, and they make decisions based on some very long-standing relationships that they have. So uh, it comes back to Pippa's point earlier about, you know, people are much nicer, seem to be much nicer. It's not to say they're not commercially astute, but they are very loyal. There's there's definitely that sense of I have a good relationship with an individual and I will continue to work with them. And if they do something I don't like, I'm going to have the conversation before I just ditch them as my customer or my supplier or or my agronomist or whatever it might be. You know, it's, it's, it seems to be relationships are important in this industry. Do you think it's about balance? Do you think it's about that level of respect, making sure that the pay is seen on par to the level of training and, and work and, and things you have to put into other industries, but also about feeling like you are getting a career that one leads somewhere, like Mel was talking about, with the, a, a clear career path and, and that you're going to really enjoy. And actually, a lot of those things already exist. Some of those we could do better. But if we were actually packaging it as something that is well balanced, it would be more appealing. Yeah, I totally agree. So you need to go at it from several angles because it shouldn't be a secret club. We're all really lucky we're working in horticulture, but I actually want more people to come into it and to come into it and to be like me and to nine days out of 10, be really glad they've worked and did what they did that day to enjoy going to work, to get a kick out of it, to love telling other people about how great it is, but also not to be worrying about whether or not they can pay the rent you've got to get both bits sorted so last question for you all then we know that we want we need to attract more people we need to attract young people we need to create that package and, and get it out there but what do we need to do to make this a really attractive industry from the start for particularly young women just because we're you know we're here celebrating women in horticulture what what can we do what do we need to do differently big big question alex <laughs> <laughs> um 
Well, we don't have to. We don't have to come up with the whole answer. Just you know, no, let's, just bits let's, of it. Yeah, <laughs> really do think we need to promote it more because I think it's a hidden, cheesy expression, but a hidden gem. I just I don't think... think enough people are aware of horticulture as a career and a good career and a career with progression. And if people would sort it out, a career with a decent salary attached to it as well. Not necessarily mind blowing, but for all the money in China, if I could be a a bond dealer or whatever it was, I wouldn't want to be. It doesn't appeal to me. But it needs to be promoted as something that's as good as it is. We need to, yeah, we need to sell ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. But I think with some clarity around what horticulture actually means. Yeah. (laughs) Because I I do think that, I think almost the word horticulture, it, it becomes, you know, as I think, Mel, you said earlier, people, you know, kids at school go, yeah, it's something to do with plants that's it they don't they don't really they don't understand that the whole whole industry that there is in horticulture and all the different things that that go with that and I think we need to provide some clarity when we're selling horticulture as an industry it's raising awareness of what it does isn't it that it's not just the tomatoes and the cucumbers in the supermarket or at the local market it's all the plants that you see in the local park in your garden in the garden centre, that, that it's the whole caboodle. That, and I think sometimes, yeah, people don't really think about it because I think unless you're involved with anything, you often don't think about how it got there. I remember when I was a student once having a very exciting job putting ballpoint pens that I'd tested to check that the clicker worked on the top and the ink came out of them into boxes. And it had never occurred to me in life that somebody had to put the pen in the box. You know, because why would you ever think about that when you buy a pen? And it's the same with horticulture. You've yeah. got to think that people need to know that so much of what they've got around them starts off with horticulture. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Making the link, Pippa, with with horticulture and, and fresh produce and the food we eat and where it comes from and that, that whole process. And it comes back to your point of the industry doesn't have the respect it deserves. So, yeah, I think, you know, we do have to be more positive about horticulture and, and, and the benefits of horticulture for our whole economy. I mean, I think we need to start, it's going to start with changing a mindset. And I know that sounds suitably vague, but I think when, you know, when I joined the company, people were surprised to have someone from outside the industry join and if they think you've got a really strong background they're kind of quite delighted by it and and you get the whole oh does this 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 means we can change and this means that we're dynamic and they start feeling a bit of success and a bit of a change of pace or professionalism and everyone gets on board you know and if we've got lots of stories across the industry of different companies kind of speeding up with their success and becoming success stories I think it changes the mindset from within and it, and people hold their heads that bit higher and they want to be part of it. And then it gives us more and more to promote outside of the industry. So it's not an overnight thing, but I think it really starts with changing that mindset of why I, I we're in the industry and we, and we can still be the best. We're absolutely we have to the change best. our own narrative, don't we? And I think is what you're saying. We've got to yeah. change what we talk about. I mean, you know, I've only got to look at LinkedIn, and, and every post that I pick up at the moment is is a downer on what's happening in, in with salad product and and um, fresh produce. That that's the the talk of the horticultural industry. 
there's a lot of other good positive stuff happening and maybe we're not balancing it enough. fortunately we do have a really really good marketing team here and they are really dynamic with their social media and lots of people say wow you know we don't see other people talking the way that you do or having as many uh, have as much content but we treat it like a machine whether we're working in this industry or another industry and it's that I said it earlier, it's that professionalization where actually we can be absolute experts at what, we, what we're doing. We can be horticultural experts. We can be the best marketeers, you know, across all different industries and the, the best client experience deliverers or whatever it may be. And just continuing to build confidence and trust in that and promoting it. It definitely needs a lot of external promotion. I think people believe it within the industry, but actually outside, they know very little about it. And we've got a huge job to do there. But the great thing is, I agree, we've got a massive job and and there's a lot that I'd love to shake up and, and try to sort out. But I don't I really don't think that it's a particular issue for women. I think it's one of the few careers where your gender is really pretty well irrelevant. I really do. Yeah. So I though we're talking about how lovely it is having <laughs> women in horticulture. And and I totally agree with that. The great thing about what I just don't think gender is is a, an issue most of the time. But that's why it is so attractive, perhaps. Perhaps it is. That's a secret ingredient, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and on that very positive note, I'm going to say thank you to my three very special guests. That was a very inspiring podcast and it was very wonderful to talk to you all. Everyone at home, you've been listening to episode 12 of Hort Talk, an HGA podcast where we've been celebrating women in horticulture. Stay safe, everyone. Take care.